Um, have you guys got someone to spiff? No. Fuck's sakes. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I promise this won't go on for four hours. And I don't. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the shilling... What was it? Schrager. Schrager. Uh, it can't go on for two, uh, for four hours. I've got a turkey. No, not a turkey. What's the other one? Chicken. Got a chicken in the oven. Um, What's the other one? <laughs> Quick, start naming poultry. Elk. <laughs> Elk? The other uh, one what? <laughs> thing? Paving slab. Al, what yeah, have you been back. <laughs> Fucking callback to paving slab. That conversation wasn't even on the podcast. Yeah, it was a callback for us three. <laughs> Ah, what have you been up to this week? Check your this night. week. Um, the last fortnight. Fuck's sakes. The camper van is very quickly accelerating towards finishing state. Um, got the, the camper van's accelerating. You shouldn't be driving yeah. it. It's not, well, no, it's, it's not, not because because the mice keep eating things. Um, <laughs> it's got the roof rack on, which now has installed the solar panel. Um, I've cut the holes in the side for the pods, the extensions. Um, everything's painted, wrapped. It looks awesome. Um, and all the furniture's in, floors in, ceilings in. Uh, it's just upholstery, and then we're laughing. Nice. Um, I've also been doing myriad uh, handyman jobs, which yesterday included putting in a an old pane of Georgian glass into a, like an old oak door, like a huge Ooh. thing. Or with like nice. linseed oil putty, like proper old school pin nails yeah. and everything. Um, but it was a it was a feat because it's this huge door off this like three story house, That's um, awesome. all on my own in the fucking snow. <laughs> but it like it had to be done because basically this glass was uh, yeah. smashed on this door, and there's like two night year old ladies living in this house. It's like, well, we need our door fixed. Yeah, <laughs> it's like okay, I'll do it. <laughs> um, it was fun. It was nice. It was a learning experience. And a uh, hundred year old doors don't stay straight. Nope. <laughs> when you really, try to really fit really a pre-cut piece of glass into them. <laughs> um, awesome, man. I like that. Uh, have you got any photos of the the, the door? Yes. Uh, I would like to see that. I will show you them. Cool. Um, Brett, what about you? What have you been up to? Uh, before I go on, I am delighted by the idea that you could be doing handyman work on stuff that's older than my country at some yep. point. Also, <laughs> oh, yeah. So the um, one I also went to visit this property, um, which is four hundred year old house, um, listed building. <laughs> wow! <laughs> that needs, that needs a lot. It's like a five year project, so they've got shitloads of work for me to do there. Yeah, which will be amazing, and all definitely older than America. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, older than God. the invasion. <laughs> Yes, right. that's correct. Oh, that's delightful. Can't wait to hear about it. Uh, right, what have I been up to? So product stuff went over well with the little Patreon drop. Nice. Um, and that was really, really exciting. Um, and big thanks to anybody that listens that purchased something. That was just, it was different. It's, it's not like it was, um, you know, one-shot retirement money, but it definitely made me feel better and more confident about everything that we talked about in the previous episode in terms of making products, people being interested in them. Very fulfilling. Big, big thanks. Uh, unfortunately, what ended up happening with what I was hoping to 
utilize the money for to just like, oh my gosh, I can cover bills and things this month. My car battery died or my truck Yay. battery died and it is a big old truck and yep. it is a $300 battery. So boom, there goes $300. No questions asked. <laughs> and then uh, my property taxes increased and I had to pay those in oh, at the beginning of December. So it just, any of that money that I made was just gone. Yeah. Again, I'm still so appreciative because, you know, that would have been a big negative, but at least I was able to bolster it a little bit with the income. So game plan is still to keep producing. I think this weekend I'm going to be going to try and make some more things, including the hatchet that I talked about. We're going to try and make a few of those. I think I have a little bit more stock uh, because the best quality mint coins that I made sold out. I didn't have very many of them because <laughs> we didn't get the process correct every time. Uh, but that was really cool. So I'm going to try and at least make a handful more and see if people want them. Uh, but seeing as it's getting closer to holiday time, I'm just, I'm trying not to stress too much about um, producing a bunch of things and, you know, being under the gun and trying to deal with shipping and all of that stuff. So I'm excited, but I'm I'm trying not to burn myself out on pacing that I can't keep up with. Yeah. Aside from that, I am utilizing the much cooler weather and nice sunshine outside to do some property upgrades, including building a little lean-to on the back of my house that's been probably necessary for a long time. And I'm this close. I am this close. To actually pulling the trigger on something more like the Hack Shack, Ooh. I might do that nice. because there's there I have some options for some things that I could possibly do on the house, but it's all very expensive, and I'm stressing out about the money aspect of things. But considering I built the shop with the idea that I would frame it out and then eventually turn it into like the bedroom and then have an external shop that would be bigger, I'm probably not going to do all that because it's very expensive. Uh, but what I could do is get a pre-built and then make something about the size of the hack shack. I assume it's about the same size. Um, And then eight by 15 is what you've got. Yeah. Okay. It's the biggest you can make without planning. Okay. I think this is more of a 10 by 10 space. So it's not much, it's not much, it's not bigger than my current shop, but it turns out with, me working on things and trying to take notes around the house and what I could be doing to the property. Turns out building a rectangular shop under code where I was like, oh, I'll just make it long and I'll have everything in there. I don't even utilize the majority of the middle space because mm, yeah. I can't put anything in front of the doors or against the back wall. Yeah. So all of my machines are shoved in two corners right. and I'm running out of space. And I just did a little bit of you know, estimations of what if I had two more feet this way, but lost this footage. It was like, it's fine. That actually (laughs) makes things way better. And I can position it a little bit better. It's a bit of a hassle right now. The roof's been kind of a nightmare uh, with the winds and things like that. So if I get one of these pre-builds, which I could probably find a deal on, I may move things over and then just cannibalize the workshop and possibly be able to utilize that into building out what i lack which is a, just a bedroom nice. but that's permitting and all kinds of stuff i'm not in a hurry on that i'm excited about how everything else is going and being able to just balance a work day and then work on some house stuff for a couple of hours has been very fulfilling uh but as i stated in the pre-show 
Anybody else that's done any kind of paving stones or really heavy rocks by yourself? Um, more power to you. I don't really want to do this anymore, but I'm pretty sure I have a lot more ahead of me if I want to do what I want to do to the back patio. I invested in a, a what I can only describe as a Bident crowbar. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was awesome at lifting the, the paving yeah. slabs. It was really good. Yeah. So imagine like a six foot bar, but it's got like two t- two prongs. Ooh, I like you're that. You're not balancing it like with a bar. It's like it's it's. It, I, it, I think that you can also use it as a pallet breaker. I was going to say, yeah, a lot of people use them as pallet. Oh, yeah. okay, this is like yeah, really, yeah, really heavy duty, duty, um, duty. Mm-hmm. Also, two other things. Go on. One, the main reason for the shape of the shack i.e. rectangular, not square, was about the pitch of the roof. Yes. So the square of the building is the shallower the roof's going to be. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if that's even a problem in the desert. but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I No, I mean, it won't be. rain in Joshua's yeah. Rear as they do in Leeds. <laughs> yeah. I definitely, uh, when I built the workshop, you know, and did the video for it, it was just kind of like, I don't know, how to, I, I can build a box and put a roof on it. Yep. Now I look back at it, I would have done things 100 times different. And the pre-made ones out here, are like a double pitch. Yeah. And I've been, I've been like, oh no, but it won't be as tall as yeah. the shop that I built. And then I walked in the shop and I was like, is anything above me? No, <laughs> I don't need more headspace for anything at all. So can you just build it like that game, the wall? It's just like a Brett-shaped silhouette. <laughs> <And they> just, <laughs> you just walk through it like that terrifying manga that I can't remember the name of, where they go in the cave. The oh my god, have you not read that manga? Apparently not. No. <laughs> there's a manga where there's like a, a cliff wall, and in the cliff wall is cut out a perfect silhouette for every person, oh. and basically you go in it, and it's the exact size of you, and everyone's like just has to go in because it's so tempting, but and you know. And you'll only fit in your hole. I'm not spoiling it for you. You've got to, it's fucking terrifying. But, okay. But what? What if like, like, so say you've got a small person, they could just go in a big person's hole. No, because they won't fit. Because their head won't be in the same place. Yeah, but if they're tiny, they could just go. Whoop. Yeah, throw a fetus down there, Steve. But come on. <laughs> like, I'm just saying. You're like, overanalyzing I mean... this. You're overanalyzing this, fellas. Yeah. It's not for Steve. you, Steve. <laughs> I find flaws in your fantasy logic. Two um, more small things. One, tomorrow I'm building a shed. Hey! <laughs> so if I learn anything from that that I don't already know about sheds, I'll fire it your way, Brett. Um, and secondly, today I've spent most of the time trying to find a house to buy. <laughs> so again, Brett, I will be annoying you with yeah. the perks of being a homeowner. Yeah. There where, are where many are perks. You? Are you, where are you, but where are you, I don't know. I don't know much, how. Much, much, where where are you buying a house? Not fucking Leeds. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> you're not an idiot. Uh, where? Where's cheap, uh, Steve? Hull. Worse. <laughs> Skegness. <laughs> the north. Up north. Ugh. North. Cumbria. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Nice. This is uh, nice. Yeah, I'm going to come visit. Actually, North Wales is quite cheap as well. Um, that's where Johnny is. Uh, sorry, yes, Brett, you were you were saying something else. I needed to. What I was going to say is we've been bullshitting long enough. What have you been up to, Steve? Oh, thanks. Uh, let me just check my notes. Um, well, firstly, the lights are broke. 
in the house. Uh, I'm not. I'm not quite sure why, but yesterday the the lighting circuit just tripped the thing, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that's weird. I'll just go flick it again." Um, and then tried turning all the lights on, and then flick it, and then all the lights off. Basically, I think there's a bulb or something that's shorting shit out because it it comes on for like five to ten seconds, and then just trips again. Uh, I've got to do some R and R and D. No, what's the word? What's the R and R? Definitely no. <laughs> yes, yes, that. Um, I might be set uh, so yeah uh, all my friends um caught up with him uh, I'm getting distracted Steve and we might be setting up a D&D uh session soon like after Christmas um in here which would be really cool um what else uh hopefully there's lights by yes. then or uh, maybe that sets the vibe a little bit more. I know well that's the thing I'm thinking like it could be all nice and nice because like this is I think this is the best that I've looked on camera when we've been recording. It is it is really nice because I like the pink hue in the background, right? wherever yeah. that's coming from. And I will say that setting the vibe, setting the vibe for a D&D oh, session is time, so yeah. damn important. So, well, that's because, so one of the other things that I was going to talk about in a bit is that I've been de- like working on these um, different types of candlesticks and like developing a kind of thing for them. And all of the, because they're kind of, um, they're made out of pipe and they've got split then they like they've got like leg things that come off of them and all this and they're a bit weird um all of the prototypes for that are just getting saved to be used during D. Um, yeah so and like obviously because down the bottom here it's kind of like a little bit of a like i can, I can make it look like a like a weird taverny place so with the fireplace going i feel like yeah. that would be choice yeah, exactly nice tavern nice tavern. so uh so yeah that's the plan for that um speaking of uh speaking of looking good on camera um the patrons will that have uh checked to see if we're gonna be like what the the videos and that look like will have found that i can't seem to log into patreon at the moment so i can't actually upload the videos so if you are a patreon and you want to see last week's episode or this week's episode um before i actually manage to get hold of patreon and figure out why they're not letting me log in um drop me a message and i can just send you a link to the actual video because i'm nice like that um well uh so yeah uh the reason we didn't record one last week um and we're doing a bi-weekly one is because we have been steve's lazy oh as fuck um but we managed to get the the nightly yes that's what i said isn't it you said bi-weekly which indicates twice a week twice a week that's the opposite you know what i meant Damn, saying it to the americans episode um, already this is for, fortnightly because uh yes i've been <laughs> super busy um but we've got the the knives are now done um so that was good uh we did the tiny knives but well, we know i did the tiny knives and we had a market um yes no what day is it today it's tuesday on sunday uh at the cider orchard place you know where we went to the cider bar yes yes there um with carlos the taco guy yes um uh, (laughs) did he take the pepper plant carlos spicy wiener (laughs) carlos spicy wiener oh i wish i thought about that one yeah at the time um but yeah no uh so we we did that ate some tacos sold some stuff uh it was really because it's the first time like the the business has only been going um for eight months or something since march um so it was really nice to kind of get a little bit more 
local marketing out there, get uh, some local people more kind of aware of us and of, of what's going on. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just kind of get a bit more, uh, what's the fucking word I'm looking for? Local knowledge, buzz. knowledge? but no, it's not buzz. Flid. Um, uh, local fucking. Bleh. What's what the fucking? Mean? I don't. I'm. Give us a clue. I can't. My brain's fucked. Um. Don't just sit there and shake your head. Local noise. Exposure. 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 That's the Good one. Lord. Southern exposure. Oh, no. Uh. So yeah, just to, so that more people in the local area know who we are and what we do. Uh. So we've since from that we've sold a load of clubs courses and uh had a few people interested in doing like getting us to do local commissions and stuff like that um just super nice um i've also got a couple of uh commissions for myself that i'm gonna be working on over the next few weeks um which again is can't talk about them too secret uh no well one of them uh i can't talk about because it i don't want to talk about it and uh, it's not a secret but i don't want to talk about it until we've done it because if it works how I want it to work, it's going to be fucking epic. But if it doesn't, then I'm going to be a sad, disappointed boy. Um, but one of the other ones is um, for Caro, I'm making a, uh, we're doing a splitting axe for her. Or I'm doing a splitting axe for her. Um, and because she kind of wanted like a balance between like an aesthetic, like a nice aesthetic and a practical thing that she could actually use for splitting wood. Um, so we've kind of developed this, what, I'm kind of calling a German uh, German forest axe. Yeah. It's going to be a big. Um, it's kind of loosely based on like a Scandi forest axe, but it's going to be a little bit bigger. It's going to have the German um, uh, blade profile to it, and it's it's going to be like if it if it turns out as good as it looks in my head, it's going to look fucking awesome. Um, so I'm hoping to get to work on that uh, before we record the next episode. Um, because I've got to order the steel for it because we need some bigger stock to make that with. Um, but yeah, it's going to be super fun and exciting. Um, which doesn't segue as well as the previous comment I made about marketing. Because uh, we were going to talk about marketing and stuff. And one of you two want to take this? I can't remember who came up with the idea. Brett. It was, Brett. <laughs> Brett, it was Brett, me. Take this. It was me. Yes. So I take the reins on explaining what I'm I mean. So tired. So for somebody that like, I used to work in marketing and Al, I know you worked in design and aspects of marketing and doing it was, all the it was researching. Marketing. It, was okay, marketing. it was marketing. I pretended right. it wasn't so, for years and then I realized it, it was this fucking marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm an artist. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've just resigned to the fact that I was in marketing and didn't design stuff very much. Anyway, because I have experience in that and working with teams and doing it for brands and, and companies at large we've had multiple discussions on this podcast especially early on when we were talking about things like touch marks with steve or logo designs that al's done or helped other people with and when it comes to products a big aspect of what the last couple of weeks has been is i know i mentioned it maybe two weeks ago but it's the imposter syndrome right like how do i know that i'm ready to put out products and then how do i actually do that in a way that doesn't feel ascii i i don't really you know i'm not 
I don't want to go out there and, and scream on the street to hawk my wares. I would rather people um, organically find their way to my stuff. But it's also, it's a trade-off with, you don't want to ram it down people's throat and say, buy my wares. But you can't be completely silent because no one, if no one knows you have them, why would you expect to sell them? And, you can, and then that can lead to you being a little upset that you're not getting sales, but maybe you're not playing the game correctly. I just, I don't want to be a salesman and I don't want to market the way that I used yeah. to have to market for the companies. So what is the way that you kind of do that for yourself? Yes, there's things like social media. I have a website for myself. Um, and although the Patreon stuff was kind of a soft launch, I'm glad I got a good response out of it. I just feel really squidgy about putting it out into the rest of the world, which is why I haven't done it. I told the Patreons, I was like one week and I'm going to put it out to everybody else. So you guys have a week to do what you want. Yeah. And then I just didn't post anything about it. I did. I reposted Trevor bought one of the coins or two yeah, of the coins. I saw and I that. reposted That's, it. That was the first I, I'd seen of it. And I was like, this is the first Brett's posted yeah. in fucking ages. I know. I know. I know. And of course, like my phone in a, in a fun way, yeah. my phone kind of exploded with people going, wait, what the fuck are these? And I'm like, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't know because the insiders know. Yeah. So yeah. I, I I think with something like this, it's it is a bit of a difficult one because I I fully appreciate what you you mean. Like I I also don't like going out and being like, oh, I've got stuff for sale. Come and buy it because it sounds really insincere and blah, 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 blah. but also okay, you've got Chris Cash. As I say, Chris is a perfect <laughs> example. Like like at the end of the day, the whole point in you making this shit is to sell it to make a living, mm -hmm. and the people that follow you want to buy your shit so yes. you you have to just like literally all you do is go i've made some stuff i'm gonna sell it nah. um in fact i was only saying today like i actually need to uh actually build a website now because i'm able i'm in a position where i'm able to actually make stuff myself that i can sell um and i'm very lucky in that like at the moment um matt from that works is listing one of my axes on the that works website because it's in america and they're going to put like if it sells they're going to post it out for me like um and uh joe is listing a few bits of mine on the thornwood site and it's that's great but also like i know that there's people that are out there that want to buy stuff specifically from me especially like i've got the the little merch store thing um but if i'm making like little trinkets and stuff as well like i want to have somewhere where I can say to people, oh yeah, this is for sale, go visit the website. So I'm not doing what I had to do this afternoon, which is send 15 messages to different people being like, hi, do you want to pay for your tiny knife? It's this much. And also postage is this much. And also what's your address? And then in another couple of days time, having to go back through fuck knows how many messages, mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. trying to find people's addresses and shit like that. It's, it's a ball lake. So I need, I need to set the website up. Um, but once that's up, I can't just put stuff there and hope that people visit. I still have to let people know that there's stuff there for sale. Um, and I think that whilst, yes, it does feel kind of gross being like, ah, buy my stuff. But at the same time, you need to actually tell people that you've got stuff for sale. So you kind of need to do a little bit of it. And I think like the social media side of things, it's, it's a little horrible, especially when like you post like personal stuff and things like that as well. It it's it does feel a little bit uh horrible kind of having to say to people, I've got stuff for sale, please go and buy it. 
it's much easier in person, like at a market or something like that. Like hundred percent, I can be like, look Come at us. Get here, tiny knives, tiny knives, set of pants. Exactly. I got tiny knives. Yeah, like uh, yeah, it's not a problem. We can talk about the products we've got, and I can. In person, I can fucking sell a product, especially if it's like one of Joe's or, or whatever. Like, it's super easy to be like, ah, oh, come and have a look. This, this is great. This is blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you um, sell but, a ketchup popsicle to a woman in yeah. white gloves. I get it. But but that's because it's that um, that in-person back and forth. And it's it's really good because you can feed off other people's excitement and other people's um, passion about stuff. Like, if someone comes and has a look at, um, say, a bushcraft knife or an axe or something, and they're like, this is so fucking cool. Like, and you can go into detail and you can explain it to them and um and you know get get excited and get them excited about it whereas selling it on like a platform like instagram or on the website or whatever because it's you're you're trying to have that same interaction but to nothing so being like, this is the best knife in the world. It does this. It's made of this. It's got this in it. Look at how pretty this bit is. La it that just feels really insincere and it feels like you're some just shitty salesman um and i don't know what the best way to do that is so i'm gonna hand over to al because he put his hand up about five minutes ago and i kept talking uh so yeah sorry buddy um brett said it brett answered the question in the question like how, how do i do it for myself and for me that's the difference you're not shilling ketchup for um the heinz corporation yeah you know you're not selling something that you don't believe in you know it's you are literally selling yourself and marketing yourself is the fucking existence of every living being on this planet mm. it's like look how luscious my mane is listen to my awesome bird song check out my <laughs> rack it's like that's all beings yeah. do is market themselves right so it's nothing to be ashamed of <laughs> by my tiny brass uh, bird skulls that's the point and like we've got this weird thing I'm where sorry, that completely fucking threw me because when you said look how luscious my mane is i thought you were talking about your own hair why not no. maybe i was maybe i was also <laughs> pretending to be a lion <laughs> and it was then when you said about bird song i was like i didn't know you did bird impressions fuck's sakes it's all marketing marketing's just become a dirty word because of yeah. horrible shills like me yeah and commercialism but the point is nothing nothing would have lived if it wasn't for marketing yeah you know beyond bacteria every fish markets itself every you know insect has has, has got a way of going come and buy my wares for one one way or another so I think if we can get past this this sort of weird faux embarrassment in like, oh, I'm not allowed to say how good things are, I put yeah. my fucking heart and soul into yeah. and spent more time than anything that you could buy commercially is. It's like, how do we get past that? Because it's awkward. Like being a graphic designer, like one of the first books you're told to read is how to be a graphic designer without selling your soul. Yeah. Because it is soul destroying and you don't want to do it. It is embarrassing. And you're like, oh God, do I have to, do the heart. I'm not a salesman. It's like you are a fucking salesman. We're all salesmen. Yeah, but I think every like, one of us. What you what you said about putting your heart and soul into it is is one of the key things because what you got to remember when you're, especially when you're selling um like handmade stuff. Like by and large, there is very very little that we make that cannot be bought commercially. Like 
that is not being made in a factory somewhere else that's way, way cheaper. Or could not if somebody wanted tiny yeah. black knives. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, like, yes, I'll there are like, like there are like little specific custom things and things like that, but most of what we're selling is being bought because either it's aesthetically superior, as in it just looks nicer. You know, a, a mug is a mug, but you know, you're gonna go and buy one of Heidi's mugs over one from Tesco's because it's it's a thing of beauty. It's a it's a lovely thing to hold and, and everything. But <coughs> excuse me. But when you're like so for me selling an axe, like yes, there are specific reasons why you would buy one of our axes over one from B and Q, but a big part of it and a big part of the reason why people want to buy something that is handmade that's by someone that they they follow or they meet at a market or whatever is because they want to buy into the story and like al said you're selling yourself you're selling your story you're selling that thing and people want to buy into that um and from a an entirely fucking business perspective like a lot of the reason that people buy handmade stuff and they buy it from artisans and and all of this is because they are in a position themselves where you know generally the people that can afford to buy our stuff working in an office or in some kind of nine to five where they've got a very stable job but they it's not particularly creative and they want to buy into that life so by buying a piece of handmade bespoke whatever they are in a way buying into that life I've got a tickle in the back of my throat. It's fucking killing me. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, they're, they're trying to buy them, buy themselves a little piece of that experience. Um, and part of the way that we can market ourselves as creatives is by doubling down on that and being like, yes, we are. One of you guys is going to have to take over because I need to cough. No, this is, this is gold. <laughs> Everyone's going to be listening, just waiting for the next bit, and you're going to be <coughs> <coughs> fuck you. Have a drink of water. I haven't got any. It's all in the taps. Um, but yeah, uh, it, blocked think, away in the taps. <laughs> I think that's one of the, the thing, like that we all forget is the fact that generally we're not selling to other makers. We are. I mean, obviously, we have maker friends that all like buying our stuff, but generally we're saying selling to people that that don't have that experience and they want part of that and they want to buy into that. And I don't, I don't mean that in a seedy nasty way. I, I do genuinely mean like it's, it's just their way of, of, of being able to express their own creativity by choosing to buy from someone that's, that's doing that sort of thing. So just following your logic, a way to get over that kind of um, self-deprecation and, you know, how do I, get people to buy into me and stuff like that. You've said that they're buying into something. Yeah. An, an entity, a non-existent entity that is like an idea, right? Like an yeah. ideal. But it's not even that, that they're buying into the idea of, of Al or the idea of Brett or the idea. Of... Or is it the idea of creativity? Well, you, you, the yeah, idea, yeah. the idea of lovely yeah. things, of nice, yeah, things, yeah. of, of, you yeah, know, yeah. it's not necessarily, you know, I, I don't think everyone necessarily wants to buy into Steve. No, no, no. You want to buy into yes, sorry, yes, I see what something yeah, yeah. has been created. Yeah. So it's almost like there's this sphere of loveliness that we're trying to get. And, and but, and I'm with you on this because even not at a commercial level, I want people to buy into that world, mm. whether it's through learning something, 
or coming along to an event or you know joining a workshop you know yeah. they're not paying for it i'm not i'm not having to physically sell anything but i am trying to get people to buy into it you know i'm trying to say to people why not make that and so you can make that i know you yeah. can make that you know yeah. or you can get that made or you know like i'm constantly trying to sell that ideal and, and I'm, I'm much more comfortable trying to sell the world of making yeah than i like i i get embarrassed asking people to pay their fucking invoices yeah like i don't get annoyed because they haven't paid them i'm like oh god i'd rather just they just didn't pay me so I don't yeah, yeah. ask them for the fucking money because it's embarrassing yeah, yeah. <laughs> And do you know what? They're like that's such a common thing amongst like our kind of people is the fact that it is it's 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 kind of awkward like having to send out the messages earlier because <clears throat> there was some people. That... Don't get me wrong. I love seeing the fucking dollars. Oh yeah, yeah. Up in the bank account. <laughs> yeah, but I don't like the process of going. Oh, now for the filthy bit yeah. where you leave your money on the fucking dresser as you walk out. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> I, but but like there are a bunch of people that that get really super embarrassed about it, and it. Yeah, it it's hard to. <laughs> Sorry, I I had I had a, a thing, but it's now completely gone, and because I was getting distracted by the. Bloop, 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 bloop. So Brett, please carry on. I'm going to sit here quietly for. <laughs> okay, well, I did a. I, I'm still picking up little design gigs or anything, side creative hustle just to keep bills paid. Um, and recently, I had a. He's a friend of mine for sure. And he reached out to me to do something that's going to be a Christmas gift for his wife. And uh, he referenced, I'm basically remaking a design that I did for Jimmy, but he was like, can we do that? But like for my wife instead. And I was like, yeah, sure. So I still have that file just on an old hard drive. I still have the file. So I went in and tweaked a few things and changed some verbiage and, um, aesthetics but when it came down to he told me can i commission you to do some design work and then when it came down to i sent the file off and he goes right what do i owe you and i went <laughs> like, he's my buddy one two it was really a couple hours of work maybe just yeah. to retweak things and then i did two quick edit rounds because he wanted to change a couple of things it just really wasn't that big of a deal. And I did it at the end of my day, you know, as I'm like kind of crawling into bed, I just knocked it out really fast. And, and what about the work? Yay! Yeah, I fucking heard that right after I said it <laughs> anyway. So I, I mean, it's terrible because now I don't, I know he doesn't listen to the podcast, uh, but what I ended up sending him as a reply was, well, I don't know. Um, I'll have to look into my hours and stuff, but typically I charge two ducks and a uh, unicycle. But it seems like the economy is really making people a bit <laughs> skittish about purchasing these things and sending them through the mail. And his reply was an AI-generated image of two ducks and a unicycle. <laughs> I was like, that's almost worth it. Yeah, that image is actually it's it's really hilarious. But now um, I I didn't really want to charge him anyways because it was like yeah. it's not that big of a lift, you know. I would charge you if it was something from scratch with concepting and stuff involved. All of that was off the table. But this is the kind of thing that I'm I gotta take this specific example as it is a unique case. 
But if somebody else comes to me asking something similar and they can be a friend of a friend or an acquaintance, somebody on social media, whatever it is, I still get weird about telling them how much I charge or if they go, can you do this? And I say, yeah, I think there's a expectation sometimes that like, okay, so you'll start now. And it's like, I, I kind of need you to agree to pay me a certain dollar amount. Yeah. And that's where, that's where I think it's less about, or maybe it feeds into that whingy idea of us asking for them or asking for payment from these people because it's like, Oh, did you, did you ask me and think I was going to actually just do that for you for free? And I think there's still people out there that are like, yeah, I just thought we were buddies. And you're like, yeah, yeah. I thought you liked make it. it happen. Yeah. Hey, Al, I know you do stuff at, at people's houses and you renovate and do all that kind of stuff. You mind helping me make a staircase in my basement yeah. <laughs> that's falling apart? You just take a weekend. Like you at a certain point, you have to be able to walk in there and go, this is my fucking job. Yeah. You, I mean, would and you like, guys mind just coming and just like, like it's not like I'd ask you to come down and just paint my living room for me. I'd no, go fuck yourself, like do yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I I still appreciate that so much. I never would have got this painted on my own. You wouldn't tell because there any fucking lights on. Hey! Um, but yeah, like I, because the, the point that I was, uh, that I'd forgotten when um, you were trying to speak, Brett, was basically <laughs> like I, we, we had, um, sorry, I've obviously been asking about the tiny knives uh, and people are like, oh, can you pay? Can you tell me address and all this? And um, and I've had it before and I, luckily I've not had it this time, but there's a, there's a bunch of people that that didn't actually know how much they were. Um, and I had someone uh, the last time and I said, oh, do you mind sending the money through PayPal? And they went, oh yeah, yeah. How much is it? And I said, and they went, oh, I didn't realize they were that much. And I was like, well, they are like the price was on the post. and um, and they kind of basically them were like, oh yeah, well I don't think I can afford it. I was like, okay, that, that's fine. And like, if if people can't afford it, then genuinely, like, fine. You know, I'm very much have been in that position a lot. That's that's okay. Um, but yeah, that expectation that people will get stuff for free because ah oh, yeah, but you're a mate, and oh, it's only a little thing. And it it's one of those things. And I'm just as bad at this myself, but. I do think that it's really important to remember to at least tell people like, like you've got to ask for it. I mean, like, like I said, the tiny knives, they're, they're 45 quid each and people are like, oh, that's quite a lot for something that's so small. I'm like, but it takes a long time because that, you know, it, yes, it's only small. It's as in, it's a small piece of material, but you know, you wouldn't go to a jeweler and ask, like turn around to them and be like, Oh, well, that's only a small piece of metal. <laughs> Doesn't fucking matter. It still takes time to do it. And not like I, I tried to explain to someone about this the other day. It's not just the time that it takes to make the thing as in like the three days or whatever it was, it takes to make a, a batch. It's then the days of selling it as well, because yes, I might sell a few on Instagram, but you know, if I'm at a market, like one of the things that people kind of forget is that when you're at a market, if you sell 200 pounds worth of items, you haven't made 200 pounds that day. You've, you've that that's still combined with the three days it took you to make that stuff um and people don't take that stuff into account um yeah it's it it's very hard to change people's ideas of 
perceived value, Brett. Yes. So I made a note of that because things like jewelry, right? There, a lot of that, especially with information about diamonds over the last few years, if anybody's looked into it, you know, certain things are perceived as precious or higher value, but at the end of the day, they may not be. It, yeah. It's somebody's name. It's a brand. It's something very specific. You know, handbags are in my mind, ridiculously priced. I have no idea how somebody can charge tens of thousands of dollars for a purse, but it doesn't matter. That's just how fashion works. And that's how expensive cars work and uh, yeah, whatever. But I'm, I am also guilty of the other side of it, right? As, as a person who buys it, I'm like, Oh my God, why does it even cost that much? And it may not be something even all that expensive, but it's like I kind of want to know why why something costs as much as it does without actually keeping it in my head that the the extra time that people have put into it, their operating costs have to get worked into it. If they are somebody who makes products or even a company that makes products, if it's a limited run or if it's something very unique or one-off, somebody charging a price doesn't necessarily you don't get to make an argument against, oh, I don't think it's really worth that because yeah. you don't know one, maybe how long they spent on it. But two, if they're just trying to keep the lights on and literally their bills get paid, if you buy that thing, it's a, it's, it changes their life for that moment. Right. Of like, Oh my God, I made it through to the next month, but there you are on the other side going, oh, I don't know. Cause you got like five bucks off of it. It just seems a bit, more than I'd like to spend. Like, dude, I'm going to eat rotten bread because I can't afford <laughs> yeah. food tonight, you know, but I'm not going to bring that sob story up with you because I also chose to do this. So that balance of both sides of, yes, Steve, there's time and effort and energy that goes into these things, staying at the markets. And if you have to rent a booth, that becomes part of the cost. I think there's a balance between. You can't expect the buyer to know all that, no. but you also can't, you can't be malicious, not malicious, but you can't really be aggressive towards the other people to say, well, you don't know that it's, you know, $2,000 a month for me to just exist. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you deserve, or I deserve to be paid that much for the work that I did during that time. It's like, no one has to pay you anything no. for the stuff that you make. You chose to do it. So you have to accept the responsibility that you have to pay to play and there will be inherent operating costs and things like that. And obviously we try to maximize some semblance of a profit, or at least in my mind, I love breaking even. The idea of fucking breaking even is so foreign to me. I'm excited for it. Yeah. And then there's other people that I've heard complain about their $40,000 profit this month because last month they made 80. And it's like, Holy shit. <laughs> That's so much money. I don't even understand how you could possibly complain. But it's all perspective. Again, mm. it's that balance of their operating cost may be $40,000 a month. So it's like, oh, scalability wise, you made dick. We yeah. both broke even. Your life is more costly than mine. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a really tough balance in there between wanting to respect the artists or the craftsmen that you buy stuff from wanting to appreciate their time, but you also can't be burdened with, well, look, I, 
I'm not the one that bought your 40 by 60 shop that's really expensive to run. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I get something like the tiny knives. You don't necessarily need a full, huge, gigantic blacksmithing shop. But if Steve, you came out and you're like, sorry, guys, I got to pay the house, the shop yeah, yeah. costs, the material costs, and everything. So they're 500 bucks a piece. Everyone would be like, no <laughs> thanks. Yeah. I mean, I think like <clears throat> it's. It, you bring up an interesting point. I don't think anybody that's listening to this is going to be in the camp of uh, of undervaluing someone else's thing. I think that that's um, yeah, that's that's by the by. But I think you, you are right in that um, how we put that across to potential buyers is important, and also how like recognizing that just because you really like something doesn't mean that it's worth that much to someone else. Like those tiny knives. I, the only reason I ever started selling them is because the first few that I made were people like, I really want one. And I was like, guys, I'm not going to make them to sell because they would cost 45 quid each. And people went, yeah, I'll buy it. I want one. Um, so that's the only reason I make them because people want to buy them. And I think that's that's one of the things. It's recognizing whether something is a saleable item or not. Because there's a there's a thing about like, you know, um something is only worth as much as someone is willing to pay for it. But also it's only worth as much as someone is willing to let it go for. Like because you know I'm not gonna make those tiny knives and sell them for a fiver. Like it's just I'm not gonna do it. Um and if people weren't willing to pay 45 quid for them, then I wouldn't make them. It's that simple. Um, so I think that there's a um, a requirement for us as makers to figure out, you know, am I, am I charging too much for this? Does that mean that I shouldn't make it anymore? Or mm-hmm. like, am I actually undercharging for this? Because, you know, this this one item that I've got, I sell hundreds of them and I don't really like making them. But the things that I really like making, I don't really sell that many of. And it's like, well, just, just, just adjust the, the pricing so it all like evens out. Because um, that's the other thing. Like, If you've got something that you really enjoy making but doesn't make a lot of money, then or sorry, that, that doesn't sell a lot, then maybe still make them, but maybe don't charge as much because you're, it's kind of your fun time as opposed to... Like, I mean, we've, we've got um, uh, prototype stuff that people were buying and we, we literally had it there as a display piece. And it was just like, this is just to show you, we can do other things. And someone came up and was like, Oh, how much is that? We're like, it's not really for sale. It's just a prototype. Um, Did we, did we talk about your moral footprint? You know, like your carbon footprint where you can like buy a flight to Vegas and then pay 50 quid extra to, for someone to plant a tree in a vain attempt to pretend that you're not killing the world your carbon footprint right and carbon yeah, yeah. offset did yeah, we yeah. ever talk about like your moral offset no so like you do something immoral and then you do something like <laughs> like good for someone to kind of yeah. balance it out it's like way more like um bigger picture i can't remember sorry yeah. i'm just interrupting because that's yeah, like that no but is there a is there a fun tax so like like you're saying if if, if something is enjoyable to do yeah. Is there a way you can calculate it and go, right, so that will be that was twice as fun as that, so I'm gonna charge half as much. Yeah. Well, that, <laughs> because because like, it's the opposite, right? There's danger yeah, yeah. money. Yeah. There's there's shitty jobs that no one wants to do that people charge more for. Yeah. So what's the flip side of that where you're like, I'll let that go for half price because it was yeah. really fun. Well that, that that's the thing, is like there is totally an uh, a, a kind of opportunity there to be like, 
actually, I really want to do that project and I don't really want to do that. It's like it's like the classic fuck off price. Like, yeah. I don't really want to do that job, so fuck it. I'll, this I'll is the next fuck on price. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, because like I have, I've, I've genuinely taken on commissions where I've been like, I really want to do that and I know you can't afford that much for it. So fuck it. I'm going to drop the price down so that we can make this happen because I want to do it. And it's, but also those pieces as well as being fun, they can be portfolio pieces. It's like the, the knife that I'm, um, that I'm doing for a friend of mine. Like it's going to be in collaboration with Sam Ritty. There's going to be a load of like intricate carving and shit on it. Like I'm super excited about it and I'm not charging him anywhere near what it's actually going to be worth because me and Sam both just really want to do it. And it's a really good piece that we can use as, a, as an example um, because it's it's one of those where, you know, we're, we're going to be covering our costs in terms of material and a little bit of money for our time, but not not enough, but a little bit. But then we have an actual physical example, something that we can take photos of and po- post out there so that people that might be interested in paying you know, a few grand for a knife can look at it and go, Ooh, I really like that. I want one of them. Whereas at the moment, you know, if I post up some shitty, like normal kitchen knife that I've made and go, I could do some other really cool stuff as well. If you give me more money, like people aren't going to necessarily want to do that. So there is, there is kind of a a benefit to doing um, something that's exciting for a lower price because it means it might lead to other opportunities. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Well, I was going to try and throw this over to Al just to ask the perspective of, well, now you bring up fun tax and also moral footprint and all these things. I'm I'm intrigued if you can wax poetic about that. But most direct question that I wanted from you is how does this equate to the kind of stuff that you do now? Are you able to charge more or is it a standard daily rate or are you looking at it for what time you've invested or machinery that you have to bring. Like how yeah, do those, like, how do like those, those services, those two little old ladies, did you charge them extra because it was a rush job? Because they're rich as fuck living in a fucking <laughs> massive house, 17 bedrooms and they'll be dead soon anyway. So they can give me all their money. <laughs> no, I didn't flat rate. So it's flat rate for anything. Um, and I think to Steve's point, it balances out. So one day I'll be doing something fun and easy. The next day I'll be lifting, fucking 50 pound concrete slabs around a garden in the pissing rain and it's miserable and horrible and i'll put my back out but as it goes it's so varied that i like to think it balances out and i don't want to go oh that's gonna be oh that's a bit of a tricky one that that's gonna be more it's like no you pay me for my time ultimately yeah you know i'm charging you for materials i'm charging you for everything all you know um, the majority of consumables that I can charge for without taking a piss. So all you're charging for is my time. If some days are easier than others, I guess it's the look of the draw. Yeah. Um, and if a job takes longer, you pay me more. <laughs> you know, it's it's the, the the second I turn around and go, it costs X for X job, I'm going to start fucking myself over because yeah, it will take longer. And if it ta- it doesn't take as long, <clears throat> I don't think that does balance out. It's not like I'm suddenly then going to go, oh, well, that's Tuesday afternoon off. I'm going to go and fucking, you know, fly around the world. It's like, no, 
I got 15 minutes. It's like, ooh, we'll finish the Zoom meeting early. You can have 15 minutes back. Oh, great. What am I going to do with them 15 fucking minutes? Thank <laughs> you so much. It's like, no, it doesn't work like that. Like, my, I've already invested mentally mm. for what I'm going to do. If it takes longer or shorter, it's like, it's irrelevant. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I, yeah, I don't, I don't have danger money. So do yeah. you, do you only charge um, per hour or do you yeah. charge, uh, so you don't do uh, piecework at all? No. That's interesting to see. Because how do you then, so if you give someone a, 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 a estimate or a quote. Don't. I'll quote, I'll quote what the materials cost, and I'll give them a rough idea of how long it's going to take. Cool. That's what I thought. Let's see. That, that's, that's a great way of doing it. Although, because it, a lot of the time, I've got to stand and talk to old people for an hour. It's yeah. like, I'm here on your fucking dollar. Yeah. It's like, well, that, I'll that's exactly be nice what, and drink cups of tea with you, but yeah. I'd rather crack on. That's exactly what I was about to ask, is do you ever get to the point where you have to say to people, like, you know, like, I'm charging you for being here. That means that if we stand around and chat, I'm still yeah. charging you. No, I've, I've, I've had to have that conversation several times. Like, cool. this is lovely, but, you know, I do need to get on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or also, I've got three other jobs today. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, you wouldn't like it if I was late to your job. So, yeah. um, but then I also do day rates, mm. depending on if, it, you know, if I know it's a job that's going to be a lot of work, I'll then yeah. go, you know what, fuck it. Let's just do a day rate instead. If yeah. I'm here late, I'm here late. Yeah, not like I had evening plans. Yeah, you know, you, or if or if I knock off and go to the pub early, great. Yeah, we I finished see, early. Do you ever get anybody doing the whole um, like, oh well, if I'm yeah, if you only charge uh, by the hour, then what's to stop you just taking your time? Because I've used to get that when I was doing um, by the hour work, and it used to really fuck me off. It's like you can see me here working, like either I'm working or I'm not. If I'm not working, yeah. then the, I mean, the majority of people are in. And see me working, so yeah. there's never that. Um, in fact, the opposite. Like yesterday, mm. I went to someone installed an oven. It took eleven minutes. <laughs> it's like I can't, I can't, and it was someone who I've done work for. It yeah, wasn't yeah. just a one-off job. So like, I'm not fucking invoicing you for this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's not worth the print on the paper yeah, yeah. and the ink. You know, it's like, but hopefully that's a goodwill gesture, good faith mm -hmm. gesture. That then he's like, well, he doesn't fuck around. He's not taking the piss out of me. Yeah. Next time I've got five days work, I'm going to give him a call. Exactly. I mean, this I made the joke a few weeks back when you were first talking about this stuff, and I go, Oh, have you learned so much from the guys that used to come around your place and fix that you just know what you want to do differently and you know how you want to treat your clients or you know how you want to be treated? And yeah. clearly, you're doing that, but where you talk about the moral, moral footprint, I love that there's a little bit of similarity between the maker world and the stuff that you do and i think like personally the work that i've gotten to do that's maybe a little bit more creative or i don't know even working on the airstream or whatever i never really wanted to look at that and just go oh my god this is it's gonna be such an amazing project and i'm you know i'll be able to charge an egregious amount of money yeah it goes the exact same way when i come up with an idea for something to make in the workshop i don't necessarily go like here's the breadwinner like i'm gonna make a ton of these because i'll honestly get burnt out i love what you're doing because you get to balance your own moral compass or you know point it in the right direction to know that yes if you had these old women that had a broken front door you empathize with them and you can take that in as an empathy tax as well as a moral tax or a, or a fun tax on on another gig 
and you're not necessarily going out there to do what was proven prior to us. And like Steve's talking about with people going, what's to say you're not just going to fuck around while you're here. Well, I'm sorry that 30 or 40 years prior to me being here, people set a bad precedent and took advantage of a system or took advantage of people. I'm trying to change that and be different. The same way that we want to hawk wares, it's that I don't want to overcharge you. I do not think my stuff is worth tens of thousands of dollars. I want to try and find a good middle ground that makes me feel like I'm compensated for my time, but also you're really going to enjoy that thing that you purchased from me. Hmm. And hopefully the same if, if goes if for your work. It's in the, the Pandaverse, the South Park special. No. So it's the latest South Park special, and it's about like uh, woke diversity and stuff. But there's a side story with Randy where every time he wants something to do and he calls a handyman and basically it's about a whole generation of people who have no skills and like each time the handyman turns up, he, he turns up in like a flasher car <laughs> and like more like gold <laughs> around his neck because basically they're the only people who make any fucking money are people oh, yeah. with actual skills who can do things. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh, that's I mean, interesting. to be fair, like that's one of the other things that you've got to remember about um, when you're making stuff is the fact that you are not... Like if you're making anything that requires any level of skill, you are not a minimum wage worker. You can't just charge yourself out at, you know, $10 an hour or whatever. Like you have to charge for what you're worth. Like we, all of us are skilled workers. We we have to actually charge something um, that that reflects that. Because it's not just the time that it takes us to to do the thing. It's the, the hours, the months, the years that we've taken to get there it's all the fuck-ups that we've done before i mean like my my first knife that i ever made like there was no way that i would charge like anything for that the same with the axe like like the axe that i'm making for caro like the the one that she's getting she's getting uh makes rates because she's a mate but when i make it i'm going to be making two the second one will be getting listed at full price and that's probably going to be the first axe that i've made where I am charging a full price and B it's probably going to be around four, maybe four fifty, Um, like, and that's what it's going to have to go for. Like, and I'm not going to be selling it for less than that because that is what it's worth because it's taken me that long to get there. Don't get me wrong. Like if I fuck it up and it's kind of not that good, then yeah, I will sell it for less. But if it turns out how it should turn out and how I know I can get it to turn out, then it's, it's going to go for more because I've put all that fucking work into it for the last eight, nine years to get to the point where I can make that. Um, like someone coming in off the street that's never picked up a hammer before, unless there's some kind of fucking savant, like they're not going to be able to just produce that. Um, so when you charge for stuff, don't be afraid to to pay yourself what you're worth because at the end of the day, each and every one of us, is spiffing. Alright, in which case, uh, what's the order again? Spa. In which case, that means that I'm going first. Uh, and I am gonna spiff uh Z Frank, um, who has a series of videos called True Facts. And the one that I watched was on um 
tardigrades because I was scrolling nice. down. We, yeah, we were scrolling down through and I just saw tardigrades. I was like, tardigrades! I love tardigrades! <laughs> um, so we watched a video on that. And it's 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 just a, a, a short video, like um, most of them like 10 to 15 minutes long um, with like on random animals and stuff with a load of facts in, but presented in a, a fun, funny way. Um, and yeah, it's just entertaining to watch as well as educational. And as we all know, we all like educational entertainment. Um, I mean, it, let's say it, it's no David Attenborough, but it'll give you a giggle. Um, I was also going to spiff uh, someone else who does videos very, very similar in that they are educational and entertaining, uh, but I can't actually remember their name. So I might spiff them next time if I remember their name. Uh, yeah. So, Brett. Nice. You're next. Nice nebulous future spiff, Steve. That's sorry, I forgot on brand. Okay, so I am going to spiff a video game because Ooh. I decided to spoil myself around my birthday time, which no one used to know when it happened, but it was recent enough that it's pertinent. Anyway, game that's been out for a few years, but they did a kind of an expansion, re-release, all kinds of stuff. And guess what? It happens to be about pirates. So I've been playing Sea of Thieves ah, nice. early, early in the mornings. Uh, like while I wake up and have coffee, I go and do quests and sail around and act a fool. Some I've, I've gotten a couple of experiences of playing with other people who are nice and just being adventurous. And then other people who are outright scalawags and just blow my ship up with me on it, which is <laughs> really funny because then they just yell at you the whole time. Um, but they're doing a thing. If, if anybody's got time either uh, over holidays or it's relatively inexpensive as far as games cost, I think the version that I got it, which, it was free on the Xbox thingy, wasn't it? Yeah, it might be I, I, it's $20. I it's $20 on steam right now. Cause I'm playing it on the PC, but um, I have yet to run out of a single thing to do, and it's actually not like a pay-to-play. There's microtransactions that you can make for cosmetics and things, but for the most part, everybody starts on the same level. You just are you good at fighting other people? Then go fight pirates. Are you good at locating treasure? Go find some maps and dig up some treasure. Maybe you can fight some skeletons while you're at it. But they are releasing, I think, this week. So by the time this episode comes out, they're actually separating their servers where you can choose to be player versus player server where you're roaming around and there's other people in the seas and things could be risk versus reward but they're actually doing one called safer seas which is you get your own private server so you can join with friends and they can all be on there or what they're some of the community members are talking about is it's like wow isn't that perfect for kids because right now they try and restrict it to i think 13 or or something like that um but they're like kids and their parents could play together privately and never have to deal with anybody else i think that's just a cool thing for a game company to do to say people just like the adventure stuff that we put in this game which is huge tons of stuff to do and you can literally log on every time and it's something different because it's just procedural open world stuff um, but if you want to go be a stinky bastard and run around and try and steal other people's treasure chests, which I've done, and it's hysterical every time because you <laughs> run away because you have your microphone, but they can only hear you when you're close. 
So I'll steal something. And then they'll be like, wait, where did the treasure chest go? And I'm like, <laughs> and then slowly run away. It's hysterical. Brilliant. And I also, I'm for the most part, I'm, I'm kind of just a good guy looking for fun times on there. So see if these have been fun. It kind of went under the radar because I feel like when it came out, the longest Johns would get on there and play and they sing shanties to people. So I was aware of it, but it never really seemed all that enticing. Well, with all the new stuff they put in it, it turns out it's really fucking fun. So yeah. I've been, I can only play for like 20 or 30 minutes at a time in the mornings before I start getting to work. But even in that time, it's been fun. Yeah, bought my it, first it, ship. Bought my first ship the other day. I, I got a ship on a video game. It was one of those that uh, when it first came out, everyone was like super excited. And then it came out and everyone was like, oh, this is kind of shit. But then they made a load of improvements and it got really good again. Um, yeah, tons of quality yeah. of life improvements and all the new stuff. Even the microtransactions, I looked at them and I was like, I guess yeah. if you were really, really keen on getting this very specific thing, it's yeah. like $2, but you don't have to do that. There is no pay-to-play aspect. You don't get better armor for paying it. It's just yeah. you look the way that you do, whether you pay for it or not, and you have to be good at fighting if you're going to fight people. Otherwise, piss off. But uh, anyway, um, in the pub the other day, I heard one of the the best Gen Z things I think I've ever heard in the pub because um, it was there, and these this group of lads came in Really nice, uh, like three, three or four lads, um, like in their very lads. early twenties. And um, one, one, one of them genuinely just turned around to the other and was just like really upset. He was like, "Oh fucking fuck!" And uh, he's like, "What? What's up?" He's like, I "Missed a fucking Fortnite event for this." <laughs> he's just upset that he missed this Fortnite event to go out for a drink. You mean a bi-weekly nice. event? Yeah, exactly. Like, it was- <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got him. Shut the fuck up. Uh, to your turn, spiff someone. Um, you got twelve minutes before my chicken's done, so hurry up. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's a re but it's, spe- it's a specific video. So, Tech Moan on YouTube is a channel yes. with an old guy who just reviews tech. Yeah, uh, but then he also reviews like old vintage tech. And if you are a fan of portable personal media, and specifically Sony portable personal media which i am um he's just released a really good video about the uh the classic no the classic sony walkman uh the the very first walkman which wasn't actually a walkman um but the video goes into great depth about it uh recently made famous by uh peter quill owning it and guardians of the galaxy yeah and he, he goes on in a massive rant about in 1988 when that film was set this was like 10 years after that Walkman came out. Sony, like, they've yeah. moved on leaps and bounds yeah. since then. Like, nobody in the 80s was using that Walkman. Um, and it's a great video, and it tells you a bit about the history about it, about its uh, successor, the Walkman 2, which is a beautiful piece of kit. Can't believe that was out in the 80s. Um, but, yeah, it's a great video. So uh, Tech Moan's video on Sony Walkman is nice. a very good watch. Good shout. Um, right, that's it. Is there any other business? Anyway. Yes, I've got an addendum to last week's books segment. Um, yes, I stand by it. The Spotify books is great. Um, however, and I probably should have realized this, there is a limit to how much you're allowed to listen to. There's like a, a, a limited yeah. amount of hours per month. It's like 16 so I, hours or something. So I guess it's kind of like Audible, like you have so many yeah. credits. Um, with Spotify, yeah, you, you listen to 
two books and your time is up and then you have to wait yeah. to the next month. I didn't realize this and got very annoyed, but then I thought, well, yeah, they're not just going to give you away free books. <laughs> unlimited as many as you fucking want. These yeah, things are really expensive. Definitely. So, yeah, so there is there is an asterisk, but, yeah, I think cool. I, I, I listened to, like, two and a bit. Uh, these are fucking Ian and Banks books, yeah. so they weren't, like, you know, C-spot run. These yeah. are long, long-ass <laughs> books. But if you listen to Dune, that's probably going to take up what, yeah. an entire month of credits but also mm-hmm. an entire month of listening time so it yeah, kind of balances exactly. out it's like 32 hours or something yeah. ridiculous um good shout actually on the subject of books uh books I, books i books. think i told you guys about this last week but not actually on the podcast um but there has been an update on douglas e taylor's uh website about the bobiverse and there is book six is with audible now i think as in like they're get like getting final sign off or something i don't know what it is but basically as in it's been written or i think yeah i think he's finished writing oh i mean and he's he yeah and he sent it to them for like not approval but like well, i don't fucking know what it is um but yeah there's a there's an update on his website about book six so if you're interested in the bobaverse series go have a look if you're not interested in the bobaverse series you're wrong and you should be because it's fucking brilliant um Speaking and has things... been optioned by Lord Miller. And has been optioned by Lord Miller. Um, so I see an amazing Lego movie slash uh, Ready Player One if, film coming sometime soon of the Bobby if, they, if they can do it justice, I would be so fucking excited. Um, I'm well, assuming like... they just need to get like the rights to Homer Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> things like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, although I'm not sure if I'd want to see it as a as a film or as a series. A series think, would be good. Yeah. I think that would be the better way to do it. But yes, speaking of things that are wonderful and awesome, um, we have another email from Alan. Um, you're on mute, by the way. Uh, Alan says, did you know that if you have a breakdown, if you have a breakdown in an electric car, you can still use the AA. However, if it's a small electrical car, you have to use the AAA, which for our American and European friends, uh, I'm assuming everyone uses AA and AAA as battery types. Brett, do you have double A's in? No, they're, they're two and six seventeenths in America. I know, like, I don't know. Like, yeah, Brett, do you, don't, don't just stare at the camera. Do you have double A's in America? No, we call them. That's Alcoholic Anonymous. Yeah. Fuck you! Uh, so I love that you're this explaining standard. this joke. This is perfect. Perfect. Good job. No, no, no. Explain it. It make yeah. Because in the on. UK, the AA is the Automobile Association. That's who you find when you have a breakdown. But in America, the trip like AAA is the American Automobile Association. So mm-hmm. some people aren't going to understand that because not everybody is as cultured as you, Brett. You've okay, but hold on. Where do the batteries come in? Because I don't know if you guys use double A's or if you have some weird fucking <laughs> American name for them. You take out a. This is where this is where Johnny Carson would throw the card at the end of it or whatever and go, "Yeah, we get it. It was a joke." Yeah. So yeah, if you want to save me from having to explain another one of, if you do have the AA, you do get um, like recharge as part of your service. Yes, you come out and charge. Yeah, my battery died. I I could have actually called AAA. They might have brought me one. Yeah, they would have brought you a smaller one. It Um, probably needs to be a much bigger capacity. Yeah. Yeah, you'd have to call the AA for that. Mm. Um, Yay. Um, <laughs> how many D cells does it take? To... Oh, anyway, um, 
So yeah, if you want to save us from another one of these conversations, send someone else other than Alan. Send an email, and even if it's just a joke, even if it's a joke that you get off Alan, send it <laughs> in. We don't have to read out another one of Alan's jokes. Uh, yeah, and you can do that by emailing hello at fwtpodcast.com. Um, I feel like one day Alan's going to have a podcast again, and it's going to be great. Um, sorry, I've got six minutes. So if you want to find us, you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Networks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. That's cat sack. <laughs> so people watching the video will understand why that was fucking hilarious. That was um, fucking horrible. Okay. But Brett, Brett needs to go. So we are not going to do our usual thing where we go uh, off topic. We're just going to say goodbye because uh, we love Brett and he's got stuff to do. So until next time, we love you all. We'll see you soon. Goodbye. Goodbye. Meow. Meow. Uh, stop recording, 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 stop recording. Fucking mouse is not working. Mine just died. I wasn't even using it. Oh, stop recording. 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 Can you play?